This is Anna Falcon, and you're listening to the Flip by Her podcast. I'm a teacher, a real estate investor, a business owner, and a mom of three. Join me as I share my journey in hopes to inspire you to live the life you envision. In this space, I'll teach you everything I know about real estate investing, the good, the bad, the in-between, and how do I find success in this male-dominated field. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to my channel. And today I want to talk to you guys about my second deal. So my first deal, I talked to you guys about it, that I had these tenants in there, destroyed the house and I didn't have money for the rehab. So I thought about offloading it and I had an open house for investors to try to offload this property. At this particular open house that I had, I met a man who is a contractor and his specialty is air conditioning and this man obviously wanted to buy my house from me but he also wanted to know why i was offloading it and i told him the story uh, about the tenants and what it cost me to get the house and you know i just was honest with him i suggest that you don't sell it at all i suggest that you find a way to fix it and you find a way to keep it because this is a really good deal that you got on this house and maybe you just want to offload it because you're sad right now or you know basically he was suggesting that maybe I was leading with my feelings instead of seeing business for what it was and he uh, was already a landlord he uh, had one or two properties Although he made it seem like he had a bunch more experience later, I found out he didn't have all that experience that he made it seem like he had. But basically, he convinced me to not sell my house and I indeed kept my house and then and I hired him as well to do work on that property. So fast forward to deal number two. Here's why that little information is important. Deal number two came with a partnership and the person that was my partner was this very contractor that was doing air conditioning work and you know convinced me to keep my first house uh, my first investment property and then said listen you know let's partner let's do deals together and and you know let's make some money together and so um, deal number two came with a partner so this person we'll just call him joe uh joe was a very nice man he seemed really knowledgeable uh, he seemed very business savvy. Um, he was definitely, I would say, pretty ambitious. He, you know, gave me um, really good feeling to do business with. And so we started shopping around for a deal that we could do 50 50. Uh, that was mistake number one. I don't, as a result now, I don't do any 50 50 deals anymore, but that's okay. So we, found a house um, and purchased this house. It was a three bedroom, one bath house, about close to 1100 square feet in like a D class neighborhood. Uh, we found this in August of 2020 and the purchase price was $24,000, um, 24,000 and some change. And I worked out that we would spend about 30,000 on renovations and then we would uh, sell the house for around 115 to 125,000. 
um, and we were going to split all the work and all the money, everything down the middle. Um, the end of his deal was that he was going to do the HVAC system and the plumbing and the electrical, and I was going to take care of everything else. And that's how we were able to um, come up with such a low rehab number as well, because the house did need a whole lot of work, but because we were going to front the bulk of the labor, uh, then the rehab was going to be very, uh, it was going to be much more affordable. This was supposed to be like not even a two months turnaround project. We were supposed to get in and get out really fast and make a, make a quick buck. And it guys, it did not turn out this way. <laughs> uh, this project took forever. Okay. First it sat for months. The house just sat by the time that we bought it to the time that, that anything was done to it. It was months before we did anything to it. Um, you know, I felt like I was putting in a lot more into this project time-wise, energy, uh, professionalism. You know, I brought all the ideas. I mean, everything. It's like whatever I said went except for scheduling. So, you know, I went in there, gutted the house. I did everything that I was supposed to do in, in the manner that I was supposed to do it for him to then go in do the plumbing and the electrical and the HVAC. And it just, it didn't work that way. Um, so I guess this, this episode is kind of twofold. It's, you know, talk to you about my second deal and how it wasn't a very money wise. Yes, I did fine at the end of it. I did just fine, but it was just, it was a lot of learning and it was a really difficult situation all in all. Um, from from the start to the end like to begin with you know I partnered with somebody that I did not know very well and vice versa he didn't know me very well either and I bet he thought that I wasn't going to stick up for myself in the way that I did and you know so sad for him but um, we also got the house from a wholesaler and some of you have not worked with wholesalers yet some of you are still learning what wholesaling is uh, this particular wholesaler I I'm all for buying off market properties, but you got to know who you're working with too, because some of these wholesalers are just shady and, you know, some of them don't even know what they're doing or like they don't, you know, they don't understand uh, what the real estate contracts say, or they don't know what the process of buying a house is or how to get this, this house to close or what, a like, what's the purpose of a title and what does a title look like? Like a lot of, um, wholesalers that I've met tragically, they just, they have no clue what they're doing or, uh, they're just playing dumb because, you know, they just want to make a quick buck and it's not a very good deal. And they prey on, on, on novice investors that, you know, they don't really research things. So the wholesaler in this situation was like a brand new kid basically. And it, it just made things a little bit more, um, unpleasant for me, I would say, um, their lack of knowledge and their lack of professionalism on this deal was just, you know, it was bothersome. Then, um, the closing attorney that we used, uh, for this deal, I, the wholesaler insisted that I use that closing attorney. I didn't want to use that one. Um, but they insisted that I did, they insisted that I use the seller's 
attorney North Carolina is an attorney state so um, I ended up obviously you know going to closing with that attorney my partner and I and at closing it wasn't an unpleasant experience but there was paperwork that that attorney didn't file so I got this house and from the beginning, uh, there was a cloud on the title and the attorney never fixed that. And so then at the end, when I tried to sell this house, I ran into a brick wall, uh, for the same reason. So there were these red flags since the beginning, but, um, we get the house. It's sitting there for a while. We finally start cleaning it out. This house was being used by, um, drug dealers and by also homeless people. Um, the house was disgusting. I threw away 13 gallons, milk jug gallons. They were, uh, full of syringes, uh, needles. I'm sorry, needles. They were full of needles, 13 jug, like 13 of those gallons, y'all full of, of needles. Okay. Used needles Threw that away. Um, the amount of stolen goods that were in that house. I mean, there were like 13 TVs, there was, uh, guns, there was all kinds of drug related things. There was, uh, lots of cutting agents, uh, trash, debris. There was animal fecal matter that, I mean, I can't even remember. There was clothes. There was all kinds of appliances and shoes. There were like three freezers in there. Uh, the freezers were full of rotted meat. So one, one of us made the mistake. We were pulling all the appliances out to the curb and the appliance kind of fell on its side and it caused the door to open. And I, have never smelled something more foul in my life. I nearly vomited right then and there. It was full of maggots and it was just so disgusting. It was awful that everything inside of that house was disgusting and awful and all things vile. And so I get this house with this, with Joe, we're going to call him Joe. And, uh, I made a timeline for him, which was very attainable considering that, you know, he was also a contractor and I was a full-time teacher and um made a we we both sat down and we said okay this is needs to be done we did a scope what's called a scope of work and we said this is what needs to be done and this is the timeline for it and this is the time like we're gonna take this week to do this and the following week we're gonna do this and so i outlined everything for him and he didn't follow that outline at all he didn't follow that calendar um, and as you guys know, time is money. So I can't just, um, have a house sitting that it needs to be producing. I just spent a lot of money to get this house. We both went, uh, half on everything to get it. And then we both put, I believe he brought me a check for like $10,000 up front. And that was supposed to initiate all of the expenses of the rehab. It got to be that I was quickly fronting all of the costs of this rehab you know i was the one paying for the utilities i had already about 20 something thousand dollars into the rehab and he hadn't given me another check yet which was an issue and also this was a very tumultuous time in materials because you know it's the it's the 
basically now the beginning of 2021 and there was a, a lot of volatility with um with materials so our rehab budget went over um over cost because the cost of lumber was through the roof and the cost of electrical things was through the roof and i mean just everything was costing so much money um and there was so much uncertainty and it, it was also hard to get people to like work or you know show up so he would send a guy here or there to do something and then they wouldn't even show i mean he wasn't even showing up at that point so i was hiring out more things than what we had estimated at the beginning and i was hiring them out but i was also paying my contractors that i was hiring um and you know he would be upset about it but at the same time you know buddy like three months has passed and you haven't you know put a nail in the wall like there's just so many bad things happening in this deal um and it was really weighing me down and it was really getting to me and then there were some other things too happening as a result of partnering with this guy you know he told me he was divorced and that was a lie then um like i think he was leading his wife to believe that he was dating me or something like that so his wife starts harassing me on social media and um my i have a i have a son he's about to be 21 now but um my son you know i'm very young so my son doesn't look like i'm old enough to have my son basically and so for some reason this woman thought that my son was my husband so she um started complaining to him one day at, at the house he was there helping uh joe and she starts telling him well you need to get your wife to stop talking to my husband and this that and the other and she thought that my son was my husband and so that was really uncomfortable uh knowing that there's this animosity of this and i didn't even know this woman like i don't even know her she doesn't even know me uh and you know they have now i have to deal with the drama of this man's wife who he said he wasn't even married in the first place and she had no idea that he bought the house with me and that added an extra layer of discomfort um and i of course i didn't feel that it was my place to say anything so you know uh basically i had to pretend like i was hiring joe to do this work because she didn't know that he was half owner uh you know that he was part owner on this deal so that also brought later on you guessed it <laughs> it brought deal uh issues later on in the deal when i went to go sell the house that that was also an issue the fact that that he was in fact married um, because in north carolina the way that the laws are set up the wife or well the spark the spouse the partner the spouse has to sign um for any real estate property the spouse has to sign that uh, it's okay to sell the house so that was an issue later on thankfully she did sign but it was it was a lot of pressure it was a lot of stress on me so at this point the thirty thousand dollar renovation budget it was quickly approaching i would say like forty five thousand dollars um because well he didn't not only did he not do any any give me any help with the rehab at all but his portion of the rehab he didn't do any of it he didn't do any plumbing he didn't do any uh 
electrical work. He started to do some electrical work for the new HVAC system. And he started to do some of the HVAC components. Like he did install the condenser, but he didn't do, uh, he didn't run other things that he needed to run. So yeah, I had to hire all of that out. And thankfully I hired that out to one of my, one of my dear friends who's, uh, he is a general contractor in Florida. And thankfully, you know, I was able to hire him, um, and he was able to, you know, just help me with that because I had already spent so much money on the rehab budget. This house was a full gut. I left the house on studs. And so, you know, you just everything, all the drywall, all the electrical was brand new, the roof, insulation, the siding, the windows, the doors, the floors, the kitchen was a full gut. And I moved uh, things around in the kitchen as well. I moved plumbing around and um, made a laundry room and the water heater, you know, had to be new and everything for the water heater was new as well. Basically it was just a, a full gut. I, all I left was the shell. So yeah, it was a lot of work and it was a lot of expenses and it, and it, and I was in there almost every evening and I was there every weekend. And this other person, Joe, he couldn't bother to even come help me, you know, do anything at all like even a, a trip to the landfill people underestimate how much construction trash uh is a result of of flipping a little house and so every weekend i'm going to the landfill sometimes multiple times a day and you know this person helped with nothing so uh when it came time to sell the house to list the house um he was nowhere to be found at this point because he owed me money um, due to the renovation costs. We both signed the title. So we were both on the title on the, on the deed. So I need his signature to be able to sell. Well, thankfully I was able to get his signatures to list the property for sale. Um, then the wife, his wife started giving me issues again at that point and then i just i told her the truth i was like he your husband is part owner of this house we bought this house together he you know uh this is what it is and now we're i'm, I'm ready to sell the house so if he wants to get paid i need these signatures and i think that telling her what he hadn't told her it probably helped to escalate honestly it helped to escalate things because um i'm sure you know, in her mind, like number one, she, she knew that there was a payday coming because, you know, we flipped this house and her husband's going to get back some money. So I'm pretty sure that she was happy about that. And then the other thing that I'm pretty sure she was probably happy about was like knowing that I wasn't going to hire him anymore, knowing that I wasn't going to do any more work with him. So the signatures were attained fairly easily by my realtor, uh, Joy Watson, who I've also featured on, on previous podcast and we were able to to list this house the house was on the market i want to say close to two months and i did one price reduction i ended up i listed it for 110 i'm sorry i did not do a price reduction they overbid i listed it for 110 and somebody offered 115 so i accepted that offer um and then three days three no it was i believe six days before closing that buyer 
ended up walking away. I don't know if it's because their financing fell through or if they just changed their mind, but they ended up changing their mind. And so the house goes back on the market. I kept their due diligence money and the house goes back on the market. So um, we relisted and then same thing. I had another um, buyer offer, same thing, 115, to which I said, yes. Um, the entire process began again. They wanted their own inspection. So we did that and then it closed, I believe like 30, between 30 and 40 days later. Um, so if you're wanting to know numbers, got the house for just right around 24,000, 24, and uh, at this point put about $40,000 in renovations, close to um, the projected profit after the commission and closing costs and everything was to be $62,000. And we were to split any profits down the middle. However, because I had so much more money and work in the deal than he did, I did not split the profits with him 50-50 as that was definitely not going to be fair to me. So we um, allocated new percentages based on what he spent and what I spent and his work and my work. And so I made out okay. Um, I did make a year's teaching salary off my second deal. I made a year's teaching salary off my first deal. So these two deals back to back. I was really, really happy. And this uh, deal here snowballed my next three properties. I bought it um, by this using this money here at closing. Um, so overall, no, I, you know, I didn't do bad at all, but it was just, it was uncomfortable. And it was a crash course on partnerships. And what does a whole partnership look like what contracts could i have used what consequences could there have been um you know what could i've done differently all of these lessons i learned as as a result of this deal also how to deal with all the um, trash that comes out of one of these full guts at the beginning you know there was so much um, like the drug stuff and you know, that's dangerous. Those are dangerous substances to be handling. And I probably should have not been doing any of that. To be honest, I should have just hired that stuff out by a junk removal company. Um, because that it was potentially dangerous. And also it was just so much work, so much trash, so many trips to the landfill, uh, leaving certain things at the side of the road, like the appliances or, you know, you remove windows from a house and you just throw them by the side of the road and you wait for the city to pick them up on trash day. Well, I don't do those things anymore either because uh, people will come around and they'll kind of like scavenge, you know, they'll hunt through your trash for what they want. Say they're looking for metal because they can go take it to a recycling center and make, make a couple of dollars. You know, they busted out all the glass from the windows the windows were on the side of the road they busted all the glass out just so that they can take the aluminum um and but now i have <laughs> like all this broken shattered glass that i'm picking up um because you know the other people like the homeless people or other people from the neighborhood they they wanted to take the recycling metal same thing with the appliances you know 
now I don't leave anything at the side of the road now. I just haul it all to the landfill myself or I get a, I order a big dumpster and I throw the things in the dumpster and then I, I pay the company to take it. But, um, you know, sometimes you, you try to let somebody make a couple dollars and, you know, you don't want to block anybody's blessings. So I'm like, yeah, go ahead you know, take the metal, take it, but they, but don't bust the glass in my driveway just to be able to take the metal. That's, you know, that's not right. Um, so many things that I learned from deal number two and, uh, yes, I made money. And at the end of the day, that's, you know, what we're here to do, but this project took way longer than what it was supposed to. Um, this project was from the beginning, there were red flags. Uh, you know, it, it showed me that not everyone is, uh, fully vested in, in your goals. Um, not everyone is as professional as you are. Um, you know, some people are just liars and they just want to show you a facade or they, they want to, they want you to believe in them. But, um, you know, but they're just, they're just not honest people. And there's so many things that I learned in this deal, um, which is my second deal. <laughs> crazy, crazy to say that, but yeah. So I hope that you guys have learned something new today. And really the moral of the story is to persevere, persevere when things are not going well, just keep pushing, uh, until you see the light at the end of the tunnel and sometimes that light will go dim again but you just keep pushing and keep keep going until until you make it happen this is anna falcon and you're listening to the flip by her podcast i'm a teacher a real estate investor a business owner and a mom of three join me as i share my journey in hopes to inspire you to live the life you envision in this space i'll teach you everything i know about real estate investing the good, the bad, the in-between, and how do I find success in this male-dominated field? Thanks for tuning in and let's get started.